Welcome to Nintendo Dispatch, your weekly Nintendo pot. <laughs> your weekly Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> Outtake. Outtake. Your weekly Nipembo Pubadoo. At least I didn't cough. <laughs> True. Not All yet. Right, can you count it down again? In three, two. Welcome to Nintendo Dispatch, your weekly Nintendo podcast covering all things from the world of Nintendo. I'm Christina. I'm James. And I am Michael. We are all here. Yeah. That's fantastic. It's so nice that we get to do this once again. It's been, what, three weeks, three episodes, I think, that we yeah, I think have been like separated. That. Yeah, it's a shame. I, I apologize. It's my fault. I was... Um, you know, prancing all over Europe. I was like, bop, 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 all over Europe. I did, uh, what did I do? Eight countries in 10 days or something like that. It was, it was bananas. It was really, really, really crazy. And uh, it, it was fun. I got to meet a lot of people. A few people listen to the podcast, which was great. Um, it was all for work. So it was just kind of nonstop. Um, I went out there for a conference and did a bunch of user groups. But it was one of those things where I would wake up in the morning, get on a plane super early, present one night, fall asleep at 10 o'clock, wake up at 4 a.m., get on a plane, do it over mm. and over and over again. It was uh, it was it was fun to, um, you know, take different transport and sometimes take a train and then get in and then get out and see and meet so many people in so many different countries to kind of make the most out of going over there for a conference. But then it was very tiresome. And uh, then I got back and literally two days later, Boom, I'm on the road again. Now I'm in Orlando. So I'm in Orlando. So I'm on the road. But luckily, this hotel has relatively good internet. So we are recording the podcast. It's happening. Yeah, that's fantastic. Fantastic. And that's- I say we jump right into it then. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. And to kick it off, we're going to give some numbers. We always, always love to give some stats and some numbers and the breakdown of things. And we've got some juicy ones right now. This is coming from Nintendo's six month earning release. And they say as of September 30th, 2019, this year, the Nintendo Switch has sold 41.67 million units worldwide. That is including the Switch Lite. So in case anybody was wondering, and I think that's fantastic. Now, they do give us stats on just the Switch Lite alone, and that shifted almost 2 million, 1.95 to be precise. And that was only in the 10 days before the release before this um information came out so within 10 days they sold almost 2 million units amazing amazing now to put that into perspective uh 41.67 is actually better than nintendo 64 and very very close to the super nes at 49.10 so if they have an amazing holiday season you, we're, we're looking at number three for Nintendo's consoles bestsellers. So that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's super good. And I, I think I was also reading another article where they said that software sales were also up, which would be mm-hmm. pretty good. But I think the Switch Lite will shift a lot of units this holiday season. And I've been in and out of the Targets and the Walmarts of the world, and I have noticed that there are not a shortage of switches which is good because it's obviously selling quite a lot and even the switch light they have have produced the correct amount now i'm sure that they will all sell out just like everything always does during the holiday seasons but you know i think that at 200 dollars, it is going to just shift 
major units, just ridiculous amounts and, and uh, well-deserved. I think the console mover is about to release in, a, in about two weeks, and that's where we're going to see many, many switches be purchased for Pokemon. Oh, is there like a new Bouncy Bob game coming out? Yeah, new Bouncy Bob is coming out, and it's going to be <laughs> bananas. So speaking <laughs> of the holiday season, uh, Black Friday, you know, last week we were talking about deals and uh, what games went on sale and things like that. And a bunch of must-own Switch games are actually discounted or have been listed as being discounted for $16 or more. And these are like big Nintendo titles. Um, so games such as Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is going on sale for $44. Uh, Super Mario Odyssey is $44. Let's see, uh, Mario Tennis Aces for $39. And even Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee for $43. Um, so these are on Amazon or Walmart. You can get them today. And the price seems to be only for physical copies, not digital. But even still, to get a nice discount like that on a like pretty big game such as Breath of the Wild, it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And I checked these yesterday and they were still good so obviously when the podcast comes out you know limited supplies maybe they're no longer available but uh yeah as of yesterday when i checked them these sales were all still going on you could still purchase them good yeah and I, i i would say that it's pretty rare that first-party games do go on sale. Now, Nintendo has been known to do like the 33% off sale on the eShop on occasion. I do prefer a physical copy here and there because of my Switch Lite, and uh, we'll talk about it a little bit later, but my, uh, I don't know, cloud saves, man, even managing. And, you know, the, mm-hmm. the issue isn't really with cloud saves. The issue that I found with owning multiple Switches, which we had talked about, is really that connection to the internet that you must have to play your downloaded titles. Not not for your you know physical releases, which are good for this, but I want to go play a game that we got a code for. Can't do it. I'm on a plane, and and that's the bummer. But you know, I do own most of these games already. But uh, <laughs> I, I will say, I would hold off still on Pokemon Let's Go because I did get it recently for thirty bucks on Amazon, and that was like one of these sales. Uh, so you know. That one we'll talk about later because I've been playing it a lot. I know Michael has uh, as well, and I have some serious hmm, uh, qualms with this game now that I've gotten a lot more deeper into it. But still, if you haven't picked up Breath of the Wild, all two of you, pick it up. 16 bucks off. Not bad. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get into the, the big game of the week, Mario Kart Tour. Obviously, uh, Mario Kart Tour is crushing it. Michael and I absolutely addicted. I am crushing his score. He's got one day of the tour left to attempt to beat me, but I'm not the only one playing and neither is Michael. In fact, Mario Kart Tour has been downloaded 123.9 million times in its first month. This is the second biggest launch month in history of downloads of a game ever this is of course via our good friends friends of the show sensor tower uh sensor Mm -hmm. tower does all this great stuff it's been downloaded across just ios and android it's generated about 38 million dollars in spending this is second compared to fire emblem which we know is a behemoth uh the average spend which is only 26 cent per player is quite low but of course maybe it's about bulk of people uh, and that's just a little bit better than Dr. Mario World, which was 19 cents. And Dragalia's loss was 16.5 per player in his first month. Yeah, which that's is... the that's the heavy hitter. <laughs> most 
sold per or most uh, revenue per player. Yeah, that is crazy. Crazy. I will say uh, I'm now a gold pass believer. We had talked about it, that it's not needed. Just, I don't know. So good. Um, We'll talk about it even more in literally 10 seconds. But I know you, Michael, you upgraded to gold pass gold pass member i did i decided to do the upgrade i don't know how long i would hold on to it i mean the next story kind of locks me in for a little bit but it is without a doubt the the goal of nintendo was to get people to do that because the cost of everything else is so crazy that the gold pass is the best option believe it or not that's that's the one that's going to actually save you money and still get you somewhat like the things you want in the game. Whereas if you pay the $20 for rubies or whatever, it's, it's just too expensive. So I think that was their plan all along. They just figured, you know what, we'll offer this subscription and we'll price everything else so high that you really ultimately just want to go for that. Yeah. It it makes no sense at all to buy anything (laughs) except for the gold pass. I mean, I wasn't going to buy anything anyways, but that said, there is a bunch of nag screens that you can easily ignore, but then, if you're halfway through a tour, you're like, wow, I'm just missing out on all this. And I, I could actually use yeah. this to unlock more things in this game. And you know what? I'll give Nintendo five dollars. That's what I decided. And I said, I'll, that's kind of where I landed to. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I feel like this game so far has given me way more than five dollars worth of value, maybe ten, fifteen dollars whenever I'm bored of this game, which, which will happen. I think it will happen mm-hmm. maybe by the end of the year. However, Maybe by the end of the year, they'll lock me in yet again because they are finally putting in multiplayer into Mario Kart Tour. The beta is going to start on December, just in December, just a generic day in December sometime, um, I will say. And the only way to get it is to have the gold pass. Now, of course, you can start a two week trial. So if you want to hold on all the way, but uh, my imagination is that uh, you should just give Nintendo your money right now. But it is a a beta test. That's what they said. It's going to be for Gold Pass subscribers. More information will unlock soon. So start giving Nintendo all your sweet, sweet money, people. I'm in. And I would assume that once the multiplayer goes live, it won't require Gold Pass. I think that would probably make a lot of people pretty angry, but I don't know. And... uh, I kind of, and this is going to probably be surprising to a lot of people, but the fact that Gold Pass gets the multiplayer beta first makes sense to me and is a perk and a reason to pay for Gold Pass. You know, a lot of people were flipping out about it. I saw a couple of different forums and, oh, of course, they're making people pay all this money for it. But to me, that's sort of the perk of buying the Gold Pass. You get the Gold Pass, you get to try the beta. That's that's why we're doing it. And uh, I, I, oddly enough, I don't it doesn't really bother me. It's like if I didn't care about multiplayer, it doesn't really bother me. I wouldn't buy the gold pass. And if I cared a lot, then, yeah, here you you get the gold pass. It's literally the golden pass to let you do things. Yeah, we got the gold. Yeah, when, I saw, <laughs> yeah. when I saw that they were doing a beta test, I was like, oh, I wonder if I can sign up because like you guys know, I don't really play. But then when I saw it was for Gold Pass subscribers, I was like, you know what? That that makes sense. I get that. I wasn't upset about it or anything. I totally understood because these people are paying a little extra. You know, you might as well give them the extra chance to give feedback and things like that. So, yeah. 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 Well, something that is upsetting some people is that it has been confirmed Pokemon Sword and Shield will not 
support cloud saves. Now, to be fair, this was expected because Let's Go, Pikachu, and Eevee also do not have cloud saves. And Nintendo did come out saying exactly why they believe that it's hopefully preventing cheating and duplicating things and blah, 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 blah. So it falls right in line with everything they are saying anyway. So everybody should have just expected this to happen. And this news came to us, funny enough, because last episode, I think I even mentioned how I couldn't pre-purchase on the eShop. Mm-hmm. Now I can pre-purchase. They Within the week, Nintendo made it available to pre-purchase Pokemon Sword and Shield. So you can run right to the eShop. I actually pre-purchased and pre-downloaded it, so I am good to go. Now, a weird side note, if you do pre-purchase it in Europe, you get a physical steel case for it. The digital game that has nothing. So you get an empty case. Oh. Congratulations. Oh, I read this note, and I thought that if you pre-ordered it in the store, you got a physical no. steel book. <laughs> it's for the <laughs> digital version. You get a case for a digital game. Love it. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you, you know, on the My Nintendo shop, they... They will you can pay your your silver coins or whatever, the throwaway coins to buy printouts of the sleeves of the physical games. Like if you wanted a Splatoon, some people in their game catalog will will buy the cases and then print out the cover artwork. So it's like they bought the game, even though they just have the digital game. That's so well, maybe if hey, if if you're listening to us and that's something you do, we would love to just hear more like email us or something, because I, I'm so curious about this mentality like this. This is so foreign to me. The idea of buy, having something physical for a, a digital game that I really would love to talk to somebody that does this. So we talked about how much we love numbers <laughs> um, and. You know, Sensor Tower, they're great, good friends of the show. They released a couple um, more numbers about Pokemon Go, and it has now surpassed $3 billion in lifetime gross revenue, which is pretty insane. Um, So it's been downloaded more than 541 million times since it was launched in 2016 and has an average revenue per download of $5.60. Um, today I will say I contribute to this. I spent $10 in the game for the first time. Yes. I spent money for a mobile game guys. It's crazy, but there was a a jacket I really wanted. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Oh my God. For $10, you could have bought a real jacket somewhere. No, 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 (laughs) no. I bought like a bundle of gold because I was like, well, if I'm going to spend money, I might as well give them $10. I've been playing this thing on and off since 2016. I might as well. Um, so yes, I contributed and I feel, you know, I feel good about it. I don't feel upset or anything like that. Um, but let's go on. So a couple other gross revenue numbers. Uh, so 2016 remains the top grossing year for Pokemon Go generating $832.4 million after a limited launch in 2017. Uh, it came to 589.3 million 2018, it was 816.3 million. And so far this year, it's made 774.3 million, which if it keeps going on the trend it's going right now, it will surpass the first year of 832.4 million, which is pretty awesome that it's kind of made a comeback. Um, Mm -hmm. So now as far as spending habits go, the United States is leading with users dropping close to $1.1 billion on the game, which 
ends up being about 36.2% of the total lifetime revenue. Japan is in second place with 884.5 million. And then Germany placed third with 181.6 million. Now, as far as downloads go, the U.S. has downloaded the game the most at 99.3 million times. Brazil is second at 58.4 million downloads. And then Mexico is in third place with 34 million downloads. Um, And then as far as operating system stats, Android users carry 424.6 million installs. And Google Play users have spent $1.6 billion total. And then iOS and the App Store users have spent $1.4 billion to date. Now, I will say the jacket you bought is pretty fancy, though. Oh, you checked it out? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I wanted to see what everything. a $10 jacket looked like. And that, <laughs> well, I didn't spend $10 nice. on the jacket. <laughs> well, you, you did, though, because you I spent, spent $10. I spent $10 on the outfit. Okay. I bought pants. Did... I bought pants, too. Oh, okay. And the... What about this hat? Because you have an Eevee hat on. No, that's free. That's included. So there's like a oh, for Pokemon nice. Pokemon Let's Go. There's a Pikachu and an Eevee one. They also have the uh, Mimic Mimic Chew. What is it called mm-hmm. again? Yeah, that they have a hat for that, and I put it on, but it made my head look huge. So I was like, you know, I'll just stick with my Eevee because I have a I have Sparky, which is my evolved Eevee, the electric version, mm-hmm. as my companion mm-hmm. pet. So I had a match. I had to stay Eevee. I had to, you know. Everything had to go. No, it looks match. very nice. Yeah, I thought so. I thought it's it was worth it. not as nice as my Charmander hoodie, but I will say <laughs> it looks nice. I was really so. upset that they didn't have an Eevee set. I really wanted like an Eevee hoodie and, and like hat and jacket and backpack with like the tail on it and everything. But I settled. I do my fi- ten dollars jacket. I do find it very curious because obviously this is how Fortnite works. But paying for, you know, these are just things that make your character look better. I don't think I've ever purchased like an in-game item just for my character that has no buffs or anything specific. It's very fascinating Mm -hmm. because this is, I think this is how a lot of games do make a lot of money. And I've given Pokemon Let's Go, I don't know, probably $20. I think I bought a pack like you bought, but I also use those coins on the backpack upgrade because I'm always always Mm -hmm. running out of space. So I was like, I'll just do this. Granted, I also bought the little Bluetooth you know, the little dongle thing so I could I could capture things. I don't even have it installed anymore, but uh, I just went all in on, on, on Mario Kart. But a very fascinating. I will say here, I need to find this other article before our show notes is Kotaku had this glorious article up. I think it was Kotaku on mm-hmm. both the Harry Potter game and this game, mostly around the Harry Potter game and how much um, Niantic has on every single place in which you open the game and play the game and all of the information. In fact, I believe it is they sample at least Harry Potter, like up to up to 10 times a minute, your location data and send it to their servers and store all that. So they they have all of your information in which you've gone, which you found Pokemon where you played the game not not Pokemon, but at least Harry Potter. They do the same for Pokemon, but their findings was that it tracks it a lot less. But I also find that to be in in an and this is not obviously just a Niantic issue. It's probably every mobile app ever created, right? Um, that, that has access to your geolocation. Like that data is somewhere. And then it, as I read the article, I was like, hmm, it's a, it's very fascinating of the places in which like I've opened and played the game. Like they probably know exactly where people work, where people, you know, live just based on this data. Mm-hmm. 
of if you're stationary for a place for eight hours and then you're stationary again for another eight hours, you're, you're probably there. And it was it was um, relatively a great read. You can, of course, request your data via GDPR. Thank, thank you, GDPR. Uh, and you can get all this data. And that's how Kotaku, some anonymous, anonymous people gave it to them. Uh, which was quite nice. But I think to request that data, I don't think you can do it if you live in the US. These people lived in the UK, I'm pretty sure. But one of the persons said that that they knew they they had a feeling that this was happening. So they only they they don't open the game until they drive somewhere else. So they drive to random locations. So they don't do it anywhere around their house and all this stuff. It's very fascinating. And mostly with the Harry Potter game. Uh, but I was like, I don't know why you need to have that so much data every like 10 times a minute every six seconds. Like that's just a lot of data. So anyways, there's a lot of data going around. People be aware. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely pops up on my phone all the time. Like Pokemon Go has been tracking your data for the last 14 stops that you've been at and blah, blah, blah. Do you want to continue doing it? So it definitely is doing it all the time. Yeah. Pretty interesting. Little, little creepy, but pretty interesting overall. I mean, I, I kind of just assumed it was doing that. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's obviously tracking everything you do. But you got to catch them all, and that's the price you need to pay. That's, <laughs> that's true. I, do, I will say it doesn't make it right. Uh, this no, is the takeaway of the podcast is that while you do got to catch them all, I mean, that is very important. Mm-hmm. It's probably the most important. Most important. Yeah. It still doesn't make it right. Yeah. It still doesn't make it yeah. right. So. True. Anyway. Ab- absolutely true. Now, something that is so right is that Blizzard has officially announced during BlizzCon, which just happened, Overwatch 2 is coming out. And better yet, it's coming out to the Nintendo Switch, which is amazing because we just got Overwatch. <laughs> so this is very, very cool. I'm excited. I played a lot of Overwatch on Xbox um, a, a while back. I, it's been a, it's been quite a bit. But one of the things I know personally I've always felt, and I think the community that played Overwatch has always expressed, was that the the lore of the game which has always been kind of conveyed through movies and little clips and stories that you can get on the website has it needed a story mode because the game is just so rich the 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 world that they've created is so rich that everybody wants a story mode for this game and now with Overwatch 2 it has been confirmed we will be getting a story mode now i will say it's not the story mode i personally would want because i really want sort of a solo mission story mode where i'm just playing a game that's just got this very rich narrative this is still a multiplayer experience people are still going to be playing each other but you're doing it now as sort of co-op. And that's how you're going to get through the story. If anybody's played a lot of Overwatch, you're familiar with the events that they would have once in a while, usually during the holidays, things like that, where you would team up with people and kind of play through some sort of narrative. It's a lot like that. And it's actually picking up where a lot of Overwatch lore has been about the past and what happened and why Overwatch existed and where what happened to them. Now it's, you know, present to the future. Like something bad is happening right now. The team of Overwatch has to sort of be heroes and fix that. And I think that's pretty exciting. And there's also some... I don't want to some RPG esque type things going on because there's going to be a leveling system where you can unlock talents and sort of customize your hero to your own liking a little bit, which I'm excited about. I think that's very cool. Up until now, that's never been the case. It's sort of you just had the skill set your hero that you chose has. And one of the the best parts 
is if you have Overwatch and your friend buys Overwatch 2, then you get to still play all the same levels. You can still get to do everything together. And I think that's fantastic. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, I think it's great. I mean, you're not getting left behind, and that's what the oh, Blizzard has said. You're n- nobody's getting left behind. You're still sharing the multiplayer environment together. Mm-hmm. You're still gonna be able to play each other, even though I have Overwatch Two and you have Overwatch. Um, and if you have Overwatch and you decide to get Overwatch Two, all of your progress moves forward. I I will say that I've been watching a lot of reviews of Overwatch for the Switch, and so far the consensus is. Not the greatest not version. Good. Yeah, not <laughs> so, good. No, no, not 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 good. I would say that the consensus is that it has some performance issues, and surprisingly, playing it in handheld mode, which is reduces the resolution, makes it better. But then the controls aren't as good when you use a characters that are precise. Mm. So it's like a mixed bag where there are some issues of you know kind of distance draw and 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 things like that so if you want to use the pro controller the problem becomes that you doing the higher more higher resolution on the docked mode actually is worse than playing in a portable mode so they (laughs) they need to have a slider of just you know knocking it down a little bit Uh, you know if this game goes on sale for 10 bucks i'll pick it up on the switch because overwatch has always gone on sale super cheap for all the other consoles so I would pick it up only because your progress will move forward for Overwatch 2, which does intrigue me. Yeah, I, if this went on sale, I would actually buy it again for Switch. I've, yeah. like I said, I loved it on, I loved it on my Xbox. Now I don't know, I honestly can't remember because it's been quite a while if I sign into my Blizzard account when I play Overwatch. And so if that's the case, perhaps it's kind of like Epic with Fortnite. Maybe I could buy it on Switch, log in, and have everything i already have i don't know yeah no and, and i will confirm that there is no cross play and no cross progress oh, so those okay. do not exist on the switch mm-hmm. version we, gotcha, we can gotcha. christina and i confirmed that so <laughs> gotcha um we did if you remember we That's talked right, about we did ago, yeah christina. i thought you were joking for a second but then i was like no we did talk about that <laughs> it was a while ago christina remember. doesn't remember the things she's talked about no it's very true <laughs> we can't blame it on cold medicine every week <laughs> Well, perhaps what we could blame on cold medicine is the state of bloodstained. That is right. Uh, I will say I've been waiting a long, long time for the update, and it's finally out version 1.03. So a point release. Yes, they couldn't just do a 1.5. Version numbers don't mean anything. They're marketing. So if this was a significant update, they should have just moved the freaking number over. You would think. Uh, you would think, but no. Now this... I I am very upset on how they marketed it, and I can tell that they marketed it incorrect because of our comments in our Google Doc by Michael uh, and Christina. Uh, so they marketed it as the Bloodstained Graphics and Performance Update for the Nintendo Switch version 1.03. Now, that being said, there are four major areas were not on visual. One was visual. The first one was on input lag which is very important, which we hated. Visual quality was number two, crashes and load times. Now, they have said that they have nearly eliminated the input lag throughout the game. So the controls are more responsive, which was the top two complaints, I would say. The other one was the load times in between jumping and things. And they say they've significantly reduced the load times by up to 70%. So we will test that out. And those were my two biggest gripes. 
I did say that the game did look muddy, didn't look that great. And uh, they said now the visual quality now looks more clear and should have some more details. And um, I think all three of us can confirm that it looks exactly the same. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Why even put that in there? Why put that? No, I agree. That shouldn't even, they shouldn't even, here's, here's where you and I have the disagreement because you say, you know, it's a performance thing, blah, blah. I agree. But they literally call out four major areas. Visual quality is a visual area. It's a four pillar. Like you can't have four, three tires on a car. This is fourth pillar. It's a key factor. And they're saying visual quality. And it looks the same. The same. So I mean, that's my problem. I mean, it's I not mean, like you have 100 things we addressed and visual quality just kind of snuck by. You had four. You call out four things. Okay, so okay, so I will say the side by side screenshots. There is a subtle, a subtle difference, but no, no, there's not. There is too. That is that's you're like squinting to try to see it. That's like it's so small. Now I can I can say fine. Input lag and load time and crashes are more important. I absolutely agree. More important than visual and and every time always. But just don't say it. Just don't say you improved the visual quality. That's all. That's that's my gripe with it. Just just don't say it because it looks the same. There were there were some parts. I'm going to be a mediator for one second. (laughs) There were a couple parts like there was one part where it was the character was running across a ship. I did see more particle like like um, smoke or steam. I saw two more pixels on the screen. No, hold on. (laughs) I saw that. And also I noticed um, it was really, really subtle, but enough where it was like, okay, I guess they could call it a visual improvement where it was like the skin on the hair on someone looked a little more detailed and less blurry. But that was all I could see. And that was like pausing the frame and really looking to make sh- to see like what the visual Yeah, because that's how were. we all play. <laughs> I have to pause it and stare at the screen to but, see the difference. But that means that they can say that they improve visual quality. Maybe we can't see it, but they still improve it. It's just it. the point. We <laughs> We cannot just say, yeah. oh, it, it, just just don't say it. That's all. <laughs> just don't say you improve visual quality. Just it's it's it is what it is. And honestly, if they just said we fixed input lag, crashes, and load times, and sorry, you're never going to get, which we all assume, you're never going to get the same graphics that PS4 and Xbox have. Yeah. It's never going to look on that level. Mm-hmm. That's fine. That's fine. But don't tell me you fixed it. And then when the side by side comparison has a subtle difference in the hair, when I pause it and stare at it. Well, I mean, I was also I want to mention here that I would be OK if they never improved, improved the visual quality, because the, well, yes, the visual quality can make the game like more pleasing to play and look at it. That wasn't the issue that I was having with the game. Right. Like I noticed that the other versions, Xbox and PS4, they do look very, very good. And we, we, they look mm-hmm. fantastical, but very also I, I don't, I don't always play a game for the graphics. I would play the game because it's fun to play and it's not fun to play when there's input lag crashes and long load times. So I'm almost mad at them that they even, not even that they put it in here, but that they're spending time on it where there's more important mm-hmm. things. I mean, this is a, this is a uh, time at Porsche problem, right? Time at Porsche yeah. was, yeah. they want to fix all these other things. Fix the load times. That's the actual issue people are fix having. Fix the real yeah, problem. Yeah, they're spending time yes. adding more hairstyles to the game and it won't even save properly. It crashes on me. So yes, I 100% yeah. agree with you. 
Yeah, I I think visual quality is the thing they should have addressed after everything else was ironed out. Yeah. If they mm-hmm. and, and it shouldn't be it's such an incremental thing where you could literally debate whether or not something was done. It should be where wow, look at how much better this right. looks. You know, if that if you're gonna say visual quality, I mean, they say input lag, and it's almost virtually eliminated according to them. Oh, virtually eliminated. To me, that's a huge jump in performance mm-hmm. yeah. from going from what they had to virtually eliminated. That's a big statement. Visual quality isn't doesn't have that jump. And I think they could have just like you, like Mats was saying, put your resources in the things that matter and then give us visual down the road if that's the case, yeah. if people are still asking for it. You know, address it later. That's all. All right. So let's move into new accessories and products. Uh, so a wireless version of the Afterglow Nintendo Switch controller is releasing. Uh, last month, PDP shared its officially licensed Afterglow Deluxe and audio wired controller. And of course, yep, this is the wireless version. So a feature list, I'll go down this very quickly for you, just so you can kind of get an idea of what it has. It has clear housing, and it shows the controller's inner circuitry. It has a rechargeable battery, which offers more than 20 hours of gaming. It's responsive, low has responsive low friction analog sticks. Dual program programmable paddle style buttons can be mapped any button on the controller. We've talked about this in the past. It's not the greatest for these controllers um, having the the paddles on the back like that. It's just awkward and weird. But um, it also has built in motion controls for any Nintendo Switch. Uh, wireless range is up to thirty feet. Has prismatic LED lighting options to allow players to cycle through a rainbow of colors. And you can highlight your their favorite color. Um, you can have colors change on the fly in relation to your control stick movement. It's set to launch on November 26th. And you can pre-order it right now on Amazon for $49.99. Already got two. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You know me. I like to oh, spend money really? on accessories. <laughs> I expected you to already have like three or something. <laughs> no, 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 no. I thought it kind of looked cool, though. Yeah. I think this looks pretty nice. Um but yeah, I don't love the programmable thing. We already had a kind of a discussion about that, so that doesn't really mean a whole lot to mm-hmm. me. But overall, looks it's a nice uh, nice option and it's cheaper than the Pro Controller, so you know might be something worth considering for some people. Yeah. Awesome. All right, let's move on to the best sellers then. So top ten best sellers of the week: first place, Luigi's Mansion Three; second place, Preventative Strike, which is nine and ten percent on sale for a penny. <laughs> In third place is Untitled Goose Game. Fourth, Pokemon Sword. Fifth, Mad Age and This Guy, which is also 99% off, which so it comes to four cents. Um, sixth place is Pokemon Shield. Seventh is Revenge of the Bird King. Wow, that's still holding on. <laughs> and then eighth place, Minecraft. Ninth is Zelda Link's Awakening. Tenth is Defunct, which is 96% off for 49 cents. And then a couple of new games that didn't quite make it to the top 10, but are in the top 30, include Skullgirls Second Encore, which is in 29th place, and Aladdin and Lion King in 30th place. Oh, very yeah. nice. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that the spread, considering how many people were like, oh, I'm going sword, that isn't greater. You know, it's like fourth and six. Yeah, that's, that's pretty, pretty close. close. Yeah. Yeah. I was more. I was expecting more of the Pikachu EV spread. Like that was a that was a much big bigger difference. So I'm happy to see that. I'm I'm kind of excited. I know, Christina, you pre-ordered Sword, yeah. mm-hmm. right? And I have Shield, and we'll have to wait and see what Mots 
decides to go with. You know, it's just like the starter Pokemon. It it doesn't. You don't pick it. It picks you. So. <laughs> that's that is true. Much it, that was a perfect example because originally you wanted let's go Pikachu, yep. and you ended up with let's go Eevee. That's right. It was meant to be. It was meant to be. Now I will say I'm also going to pick up Preventative Strike and Mad Age and this guy. One cent, four cents. That's five cents. Two games for five cents. Five cents. That's this guy. This gay. <laughs> Who's got two thumbs and likes cheap games? This guy. <laughs> this gay. Uh, now, if you don't know those two games, so the Preventative Strike, that is a 1945 you know, type of shooter, um, type of you know shmup. And then Mad Age is, they call it a Bomberman slash Steampunk hybrid. So I don't know. Five, four cents? Buy it. You're in. Now, I do say, I'm oh, shocked wow. that n- nobody here has picked up Aladdin and the Lion King timeless coming of age tales for the SNES yeah. and the Genesis. Now you were a Genesis Genesis child, correct, Michael? I was. I always actually preferred uh Genesis actually. I was a Sonic guy, I was a Genesis guy, and uh Aladdin was my jam. I loved <laughs> it. And at some point I will pick this up. I just I'm not a huge fan of the cost. So maybe like a true Aladdin street urchin, I should just steal it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Don't steal the game. Um, oh, man. But yeah, just don't, don't steal things, kids. But no, I'm I'm excited to eventually play this again. I was a huge, huge fan of Aladdin. Yeah, I, uh, I was a SNES child. I was a Nintendo child all my life. And I own both of these games for the SNES. Now, there are multiple versions. You have the original versions and you have the upgrade version. I think they have the SNES and the Genesis version on these two. It's there's differences. It's like a whole it's a whole thing. I mean, the SNES era compared to Genesis era was um, there was a lot of the same games being released on both, but dramatically different because of policies Nintendo had put in place. And also at that time, the government were were putting in place against this was like the almost the ban on video games at that time. Uh, I mean, if you remember, they I mean, they banned a pinball, you know, back in the day mm-hmm. and they, they, they almost banned our arcades. But at the same time, arcades, I will say, had one of the most successful campaigns against drugs. If you go into an arcade and you look at all those games, it's like it's like winners don't don't do drugs. You know, those signs, mm-hmm. Michael. Yeah. Um, yeah. Winners don't do drugs. They don't. <laughs> they do a lot of them. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do drugs, kids. Um, unless they're legal. So so far, this episode is brought to you by stealing and drugs. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. All right. What can we buy this week? What are we interested in? There's a lot of games, people. There's a lot of games. And I will say for me, not a lot I liked. The only thing I personally have checked for this week of interest, and it's and it's minor interest to say the least, is the Lord of the Rings adventure card game. The now, Lord anybody who's mentioned this. <laughs> yes. And, and I'm, I, so this this is kind of a, a tough one for me because I've I've really would love a magic game or Hearthstone on the switch. We have neither. And this is very similar to that. It's a deck building game where you're going to go in battle. They do have a campaign so you can kind of like move your way through this campaign, battling people with the decks that you've created, which I think is interesting. But I'm not a huge Lord of the Rings fan. Like I I just never really got into Lord of the Rings. So there's nothing there. There's no connection for me with this game. And at $25, I'm not 
uh, super inclined, but I did give it a check because it's going on the wish list. And if this drops to a, like a 50% off sale, I'll pick it up. It looks fantastic. It looks very much like Hearthstone. If you're a fan of that game, it looks very, very similar, but I, I not for 25 it, bucks. And that was it. That's the only thing I checked. If Hearthstone came to the switch and was $25, would you get it? No, no, I won. Um, to me, it's something I already have on my phone. It's something I oh, already right. have on my okay. computer. You know, if Hearthstone came to the Switch, it'd have to be like ten bucks. Mm. Okay, just curious. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I, will go down the list because I, I decided that also on that day, I wanted to mention really that Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games Tokyo is coming out. This has that. 3D and 2D 8-bit versions of the games. It is $60. I haven't ever purchased any of these games, but they are very, very good games. And I think this might be one of the best games in the series in general, just because of all the modes. And if you're into all of it, this is a summer game. So you get all the summer goodness. I'm more of a winter games type of... Are uh, you really? Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm a summer games. Oh, interesting. How about you, Christina? I like the ice skating a lot, and that's just kind of it. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So winter. I like the. I guess winter. The the you know like the gymnastics and the volleyball. Oh, you know yeah. oh man, the gymnastics I like. I guess gymnastics. I, I guess I'm torn because yeah, I do like the gymnastics, but I also like the wow. figure skating. But I don't. Yeah, you're I don't torn. know. I'm not really biased towards either. I like um the luge. Yeah. Oh, that's a good. I mean, there's there's some good stuff, but I guess I, I I'm always. Like, I don't really love winter, so <laughs> I don't want to see winter games. I like I like the sun and I want to be out in the sun. And so I'm always excited for the summer games. I guess for me, it's because I I I also hate the winter, but I would rather be outside in the summer. But I would rather watch the winter on television than mm, be in you it. Okay. You know what I mean? Sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like your mm -hmm. best case for winter is yes. TV. Exactly. So I'm not going to buy it. But, you know, I'm just going to dance and I'm going to do that with Just Dance 2020. And that will be a stocking stuffer for the wifey, because every nice. year we buy Just Dance 2020, we get our dance on all for about two days. So <laughs> so do these even change that much? I mean, they're the same thing, right? They could have just came out with DLC. Uh, so so what happens here is every year. There is a new version and they make definitely tweaks to it. They make some improvements to the overall menu system. Some of the online stuff that they did these cool but online battle parties where everyone's dancing and getting crazy on the dance floor. <laughs> um, the one year was really cool. Like you work together and you're trying to battle like boss battles and stuff. It was kind of crazy. Um, and it's just new songs, new menus. The menus seem to change around. But the difference with all Just Dances is that they have Just Dance Unlimited. And Just Dance Unlimited is a subscription service. It's very cheap. It's like 20 bucks a year or something stupid. And you get access to all songs ever up to that version. Nice. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's really good. If you just just need to dance, this is the game for you. I like to <laughs> dance. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm into it. Now, the other one I have checked here, November 7th is Monkey Barrels. I'm very excited about this game. I thought it was the only game I was going to select, but... You know, I love monkeys and I love barrels. And this is really cool because this game has six player online battles to it. It is a twin stick shooter. There is a monkey crab war happening and it's monkeys 
versus machines in a zany action pack shooter. It looks fantastic. You get bananas and there's monkeys and I love it. I love everything that's happening. It's got cool love neon. Schmucks. There's monkey versus monkey online matches. And uh, you get to also decide, they say, the number one boss monkey in Banana Scramble. And that's just speaking <laughs> to me. You know, it's just, it is really hit me. There's 22 stages. I mean, the world is called Crabbenwold, which mm. a Crabbenwold Electro, which is um, uh, something crazy. It's, it's, I don't know, it's just like, it says, in a world ruled, this is, I'm going to read this okay. to you, okay? In a world ruled by the consumer electronics giant crab and wooled electro a pair of brave monkeys set out on a journey to rescue their kidnapped friends from an evil army of robot appliances hello does that not just scream i need this game right now for 15 dollars? <laughs> the answer is yes it is when i was going through the list of games this week if anything could have your name all over it any more than that <laughs> It was totally oh, it was definitely barrels. monkey barrels for you all the way. <laughs> I guess we could talk about the one I had checked next. Um, so Tokyo Dark Remembrance coming out November 7th for $20. It's kind of, it's a very anime style game, I will say. But I really liked the gameplay of it. So it's, I'll read to you kind of like a little bit of the description from the the site. So Tokyo, Tokyo, <laughs> Tokyo. <laughs> <laughs> Tokyo Dark Places in it, th- places the narrative in your hands. Your decisions and actions change Detective Ito's, so you play Detective Ito, state of mind. Opening doors to different possibilities as you attempt to find your partner and understand the dark and horrifying world around you. So it takes place in Tokyo, like underground. It's kind of dark and spooky. Um, and you have to monitor this thing that's called SPIN. So it stands for Sanity, Professionalism, Investigation, and Neurosis. And the system will keep track of every decision you make. And it will change how other characters react to or, or react and, and take actions to towards you. Um, it's a branching narrative and it delivers about 13 different endings. And it's kind of like a point and click style adventure with puzzles and, and adventure and discovery. And I, I thought that even just the narrative being adjusted and having so many different endings. I love games that have stuff like that. So I was into this one. Hmm. That sounds yeah. cool. I put in a request for a code for you. So perhaps the uh, devs will give us a give us a go. Please, devs, cool. please. <laughs> and then the next one I had checked was for November 8th called One Person Story for $2. It's an action adventure arcade puzzle. It's a very minimalist style where it's like these two lines or like this like hall that you're going down is this bouncy ball and you dictate the things in the hall or on the path. So if you like bounce off a wall, you need to open the door. And the story that goes along with it is kind of cheesy and it's all like it talks about overcoming life's obstacles and opening doors to different opportunities. And it's to the point where I wish that they did it ironically (laughs) because it's just so cheesy. But I don't know. I, I, I feel like I could be into it. I would just have to be in the right mindset for a game like that. But for two, two bucks, it looked pretty good. That's not that bad. I like $2 games. It's, it's, it's a very low investment yeah, yeah. overall. Um, like like the next game I picked, this was, I know Michael is on the fence about this one. This one it was a football game. <laughs> I love the name of it. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I sort of, this is a, one of those point and click adventures. It has that um, art style that's, foggy drifty 8 16 32 bit ish it's been played out at this point but mm. 
I don't know. Something about this game kind of sets me up in a in a weird um like stranger things type of atmosphere mm-hmm. in a yeah. way 80s 90s you know you're 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 playing as this football player Tommy and he's got to go set out to find what's like happening to his like girlfriend or something like that and, and it's got puzzles and apparently has a really um amazing uh original soundtrack um um by a UK duo called Jupiter C I don't know that's what it says award winning in it and I, I mean I trust whatever the developer put on there so it's award winning. Uh, now it's five bucks. Is from our good friends over at Rattalaka Games. Uh, that's not how you say it, but I think it is maybe. But uh, I, this usually will go on sale the first week, so if it's like three bucks, I might pick it up because I don't know. Something about it just spoke to me. I think. Um, yeah, I thought this one looked pretty interesting. It's just I guess I'm just too over this the style right now, you mm-hmm. know. But I did. I, it was funny. I had the same vibe the same stranger things sort of feel from this game which i think is good that's a good yeah, vibe I, had, to I, had, have. I had the same kind of feeling and it, i didn't check it because it reminded me of a game and a conversation that me and michael had a couple episodes ago, ago about a game it just looked very similar and how we were just you know like try something different so developers hire different artists please uh i had two more on here that i could not not talk about one is new super lucky's tale super lucky tales is in a fantastical 3d platformer so in the in the veins of donkey kong 64 mario 64 crash all the classics this one uh was by playful corp and is published originally for exclusively on windows 10 and xbox one by microsoft studios and they've uh brought it over so it's it's, it's now published by playful corp but you know i think the teams are working Good together. Mm-hmm. It's from 2017, but there's a bunch of new stuff in this one. Hence, new Super Lucky's Tale. <laughs> and um, if you pre-order it before tomorrow, which is when it comes out, so it comes out on the 8th, you can get the in-game digital exclusive spacesuit Lucky, which is a spacesuit for Lucky, which is this little fox. And, you know, I, I will say, like, I was always into these games growing up, and this looks like just a super duper well done platformer which you know they don't they don't do them like they used to because they, they were all the rage back in the day uh so mm-hmm. has glowing reviews uh, a lot of these games that came over from the xbox do um so that one's on there uh, as well and then this little gem i gotta i gotta say layton's mystery journey Catrell and the millionaire's conspiracy deluxe edition nice short and to the point uh, title <laughs> this is a 3ds game coming over from level five one of the best developers ever in the entire world if you've never played a uh, uh professor layton game is a fantastical puzzle adventure uh just absolutely delightful beautiful art style beautiful everything in the game it's 40 bones uh which is the same price of what the 3ds game would have been but they've added all sorts of new puzzles there's uh, puzzles there's 40 brand new games and it also has all of the previously uh, paid DLC. So you get all those goodies in there. So if you're a Layton fan, get on it. Bam. Yeah, I've always been a Layton fan. The problem I had with this one is I think when I was looking it up, it originally started as a mobile Mm -hmm. uh, game and then was maybe then put on DS or vice versa. And it does have, it it didn't have the charm of the Professor Layton game that I 
played that I remember playing. Mm. And it doesn't have the professor. That's why it's Layton's mystery. It's actually his niece or daughter or something like that. So you're missing out on having the professor himself. Um, so I don't know. Maybe that matters to people. Maybe it doesn't. But that was my thing. I just didn't think this had the same visuals that I loved, mm. loved, loved from the yeah. other Professor Layton game that I played. But if it is in the same sense, if it's the same quality in the gameplay, then it's a it is a great game because the puzzles are really cute and endearing, and it's just really, really well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that gets us to everybody's favorite segment in this show: What you playing? Wah, 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 wah. I've been playing two games. All right, we've both been playing them. So Mario Kart Tour, um, me and you both been playing it, and basically the best game ever created. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> we both have completely crushed this tour, right? I I think so. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I've pretty much done as much as I think I can with the vehicles, drivers, and gliders that I currently possess. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I've gotten really far. There's maybe 20 stars that I, you know, maybe 15 stars I couldn't get. I, I will say I was a little bit disappointed that I didn't do the gold pass earlier to unlock the challenges. Now, I, I'm the, when this game day, this podcast comes out, the new tour, I don't know what it is yet, but whatever it is, will be out from my understanding, which means. Uh, we should be getting an update any any time now for it. So that, that's exciting to me because I've maxed out like you've maxed out. And, and it's a good tour. I, I enjoy this tour. Now, I did not unlock any drivers, any gold or platinum drivers. Did you, Michael? The I got a gold. Um, uh, Boo. King Boo, mm. but not the legendary King Boo. So I, I don't know what the difference was between the two, but I, that was it. That was it. That was the only thing I was able to unlock uh from this halloween specific tour yeah i i I think that this tour has gotten a little bit harder at some of the challenges much uh i i love playing the first like first day though when the new one comes out because you just you like literally just start the the race and you've already like gotten five five stars (laughs) so uh that that's quite good and i'm looking at my drivers i have quite a few golds um i have three platinums i have two of the peaches and I have the Bowser skeleton, but those are all from last last one, I think. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I have enough rubies to um, to to do more pipes, but I'm like, well, it's got one day, so I don't want to waste pipes on 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 Halloween stuff. I want to go into the Thanksgiving mode or whatever they're going to do next. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways, it's been quite fun. I've been enjoying it quite a lot. And uh, the game works really, really well on terrible Internet. So like when I'm taking all these flights, I have literally 2G internet over in Europe because of T-Mobile and the game works great. So I don't know about the new multiplayer stuff, how that will work, but I have appreciated that since it is basically offline, it, it just is doing some synchronization. And I will confirm that uh, there was one time where I was playing the plane take off and I had to put it in airplane mode. And I unlocked a new score. It saved it locally. When I came back online, it still updated it later on, which oh, was very nice. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. I'm assuming is when one the like multiplayer comes on, it's going to be very important to have a good connection because we'll probably be getting all sort of opponent disconnected type notices once that happens. Yeah, I bet so, too. Um, I also been playing Pokemon Let's Go. I am several hours in at this point. 
I am not sure if I like this game at all. Um, I, um, I, I kind of run around avoiding any of the Pokemon. I'm just like, I don't really want to capture any more of them. I, that's kind of the opposite of the goal of the game mods. I, I, you may not have heard the slogan. Catch them all. Gotta catch them all. But I'm just trying to be the very best. Okay. Um, That there ever was. Yeah. Yeah. You get it. There you go. (laughs) Now, here's my issue with the game is that um, you do get points and you upgrade your stuff, but you, I don't know, like you're, I guess just when you start this, this game, it's all these grass type that are just garbage. And you're just like, I don't want to even do anything with these. And I just don't even want them. And I I just don't want to run into them. I don't want a bunch of gold bats and I don't want to, you know, zoo bats or whatever. I don't want a bunch of geo dudes. I'm never going to upgrade them. Just give me the legendaries. It's like, I just want to get to the the legendaries. So uh, it's, I feel like I'm grinding through this and then I get to the challenges now, which are the trainer battles and everybody just has why does everybody only have one pokemon you're literally in the middle of an underground mine like, why do you have I one know. pokemon like it's inappropriate for you to have one pokemon or why do you have two and they're the same exact type like you don't have two geo dudes i literally have a grass i'm gonna whip you and then you're dead immediately <laughs> so i guess like like i've been struggling to get like deep into it. I'm just like, man, like, is this how the original game was? And like, I was just naive thinking that this was fun back in the day. (laughs) I don't know. So, um, I also think that I'm, I'm not playing with the, I'm playing with my switch light. So you actually have to tilt the switch light. And I find catching Pokemon very tedious because Hmm. I don't know. There's like a delay from when I hit the button to when it gets there and the thing is closing. And I'm like, I I don't know. It's just not, it's not super fun to capture Pokemon that way. I don't think on, a switch like on my phone it was because i was fine but i felt like maybe battling them would be just fine because here's my problem you know get off this because i probably sound like an old man uh, <laughs> complaining about pokemon uh but get off my grass type yeah exactly you get it um here's my problem is let's say you throw a ball let's say you throw a ball at them and you miss um you don't just get another ball. There's two clicks. Here's my there's my biggest problem with the game. There are two button clicks in between me throwing the next ball because it brings you back to the screen. It's like, do you actually want to do a berry? I'm like, no, I don't want to do a berry. Like, I just want to throw another ball. But you got to click the mm-hmm. button and then readjust and then throw another ball again. And it's very disheartening where I just want give me one click to throw the balls constantly. When I play Pokemon Go on my phone, I'm just chucking balls, right? <laughs> Yeah, just rapid fire mode. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. So that's my that's my I mean, maybe it gets a lot better and you can confirm because you're I know you're trying to work your way through it. And uh but that that's where how I'm many at. badges. How many what are you up to badge wise? One. Any? One. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean I'm struggling uh, to get to two because I like I turn it on, I'll play it for thirty minutes and I'm like, I don't know if I want to even proceed. I'm 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 I just got I'm I'm almost at two. I'm almost at two. So Okay, that's cool, though. Uh, Okay, so it's funny. I have mixed opinions on this game. I would say that for me, when I started it, and I've I've got almost 20 hours in now. When I started this, I really hated it. Really, really hated it. I don't like the way they catch. It is the way 
these games played and I can't I don't know about later, but I do remember them always being a grind. Mm. And if you don't like catching the Pokemon, if you don't like that grind, then I don't think any Pokemon game, because I, I, I think that's still going to be the way it is even in the, the next core game. Um, but I remember growing up, I always liked that. And I was weird about that because I'd go into like the Diglett cave and just walk around for hours and hours and have nothing left. No pokeballs left, no potions left, nothing. Like I'm on the, I'm, I'm one hit away from just being decimated. <laughs> and I was like, when I finally got out, it felt like I was literally coming out of a cave and just be like, there's the light. I made it through that horrible, <laughs> horrible experience. And that was one of those things. It's, it's any game that has a grind mm. It's a grind, but you have to either enjoy it or it's just not for you. And I do think that this game has that grind where I catch. I have a rule. If it's a Pokemon that I don't have, I'll catch it no matter what it is. If it's one I don't have, if it's something I have, I run away from it unless it's a tiny or a huge version of it. That's the only time I catch anything in the wild now. So because otherwise like, you're right, you could just sit there battling or catching Pokemon because all day long. And that's the only way you get experience other than pokey battles with trainers is to keep grinding and trying to catch things. And then your Pokemon get levels. So I've been grinding away. I'm almost to my fourth badge. I'm enjoying it, but I'm excited for the core game. Like the next, the real game. I've already played Pokemon Red and Yellow and um, you know, all of the earlier games. So I'm excited to have the core game come out. I don't mind the grind as much, but if you're somebody that doesn't like grinding, then it's definitely not for you. Mm. Yeah, I think, I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense though. I, I can totally get it. I don't like, uh, it's funny, I play it in handheld uh, exclusively because I hate having the Joy-Cons and I find that the game is almost more like a real game when you have it in the handheld mode, mm. because you, even though I tilt it, it's such a minor amount that I don't really, especially early on where you're in the first like sort of areas, you don't even need to really tilt it. It's the, the Pokemon pops up. You go like, get ready. Now you're ready. You shoot it. You got it. Yeah. It's it's so quick. And later in the game, they do start to move a little bit more, which gets frustrating because now you're swinging your switch around like a weirdo in public. But <laughs> um because I was playing it on the airplane and I'm like trying to look around with this thing because it kept flying all over the place. But in general, it's way more. Have you tried it docked? Have you played it docked yet? I have not. No, because I, I, I hated it. Oh, really? Okay. I hate it because I don't like I don't like motion controls. So I don't like throwing the ball. And you when it's docked, you have to throw the joy card like you have to give that motion of throwing. Mm. And I hated it. Got it. So that's why for me, I prefer it in the docked mode. Gotcha. Or in the uh, handheld mode. Gotcha. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm really liking it. So that's one of my games. Pokemon Let's Go. Been playing it a bunch. Mario Kart Tour. We already talked about. Super excited. Pre-ordered and downloaded Pokemon Shield. Cannot wait. And then a new game, Monaco. Uh, we actually discussed this a little while mm -hmm. back. It's that heist game. Christine and I both got it and gave it a shot. And I, I had fun with it. I, I don't know. I thought it was kind of cool. We just jumped right in and figured it out. I like the top down. I like the aesthetic. I kind of like the look. It's a little confusing. Not really sure what I'm doing half the time. You're kind of just 
fumbling along, but I thought it was really cool to be able to play. And as you play through, you unlock new characters to the heist. I think there's maybe a couple that you get to unlock, but they all have a skill. So you have the lock pick who runs around. Everybody can pick locks, but this guy can do it faster than everybody else. So that's that's a, a key strategy. Mm-hmm. Then there's the mole who kind of goes through walls where nobody else can do it. There's a lookout who's got a better range of view. If you ever played um, like Metal Gear Solid and how the bad guys kind of have like this this sort of a funnel where they would like look around and try to see you. That's kind of what this guy has, but it's just a better than everybody else. So he can spot the bad guys easier. Uh, there's a few others like the, the bruiser or something like that, who actually can like knock people out from behind, whereas nobody else can do that. So if you have the four person team, you're pretty, I would imagine you're pretty unstoppable as long as you're working well together. Whereas for us, we only had our two person team and we had no idea what we were doing. And so when I needed help, like Christina's way off in the other thing. And when (laughs) she needed help, I'm way off somewhere else trying to do my own thing. I do think it's important to kind of have a strategy and work together. But there's plenty of room to grow. There seems like to be quite a few levels. And I think we'll probably be trying it again at at some point in the near future. But I thought it was kind of I thought it was cool. I like the style and the the music and stuff. Yeah, I think I think what tripped us up the most was we literally we just well, well, first off, Jumping into a game tailor was like probably the easiest thing ever. I've never had a, a matchmaking thing work that quickly. It was super nice. And then when we did get in, it was like sink or swim <laughs> because it was we had to learn what things meant very quickly. And we also very quickly learned that I can't see lasers, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's like trip wires. So if you go through them, it sets off an alarm where... I don't know. Christina thought she was winning a race or something. She ran through every single. Yeah, level. I just didn't really. I wasn't getting the visual cues that they were putting out. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed but it. That's. Yeah. Yeah, that was it, and that's it for me. That was all I got to play yeah. this week. So besides Monaco, um, I mentioned last week that I bought. Our friend Yulia calls it Gree. I call it Grease or Gris, <laughs> but. It is such a cool game. So I went camping this past weekend and it was the perfect game to have while I was camping because I would be playing it at night when I was trying to go to sleep. And it's, it is, I will, I will say it is the most beautiful game I have ever played. It's gorgeous. Have either of you played it? It's big. That's a, okay. no. no my, it's gorgeous. My, uh, my buddy, um, Jesse did mm-hmm. tell me that it was a very beautiful, very good game, and that I should buy it. But then I didn't buy it because I'm a rebel. Well, he was—he's right. You should buy it. <laughs> like, I, and this game was on my wish list since the day I got my Switch. So when it went on sale, I was so excited to get it. And it's such an atmospheric game, and the music is so beautiful. It's—I will say—it's very deeply conceptual. So the overall story is you play as this girl named Gree Gris grease whatever and she's dealing she's going through loss and you're basically playing the game trying to overcome the five stages of grief that's that's the concept i think if i didn't look it up and look into it before i played the game i would have no idea what it was about i would just think this is a really pretty like some kind of deep conceptual meaning here but it's so pretty i don't care what the meaning is um now as i'm playing through it there are points in the game where you can go left or right And I go left and I never went right, but I could tell I missed something because I didn't go right. And you almost never go back to that part in the game. So there are sections where if you don't go right or left or whatever the direction is, 
at that point, you'll never be able to go back and figure out what you missed out on. Now, and I also somehow got through stages one and three, but I somehow skipped two. And I'm not sure where that was, and I'm not sure how I missed it. It's not very clear on that, but there's like little puzzles in the game, and and it's just – it's so beautiful. <laughs> it has this like watercolor aesthetic. And as you defeat one of the stages, a new color is introduced to the world. So you start out grayscale, black and white. After the first stage, you get red. The next stage, you get green. So the world gets more and more colorful as you kind of get through these stages and get through this this loss, which is very interesting. Uh, but the the design is awesome. I, I absolutely love it. And the music is beautiful. And it's probably the best game ever to play before going to sleep. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I've seen it a bunch of times. I, I still don't know if I could ever pull the trigger on it unless it's a deep discount. Because to me, this reminds me a lot of Semblance, which I could not stand and I couldn't wait to get through it. And it was more of like that same abstract sort of had pretty colors, had this and that. But it was just like, I don't know. It was just too abstract for, for me to be like engaged with it for a very long time. I would say it's abstract, but not super abstract. Like it's it's enough where you can still get engaged. Like there's this one point where you're running through this like wooded area or like these, like this rainforest of some kind. And there's this little like character following you around and like hiding and you have to mm-hmm. help him like eat apples by like allowing it to get to the apples. It's, it's really, really cute. Uh, but but is there a narrative or anything? Or are you just figuring this stuff out? You figure as you it out go? as you go. Is there a story? You figure it out as you go, which I usually don't like in games. But for some reason in this one, I'm really enjoying it. Like I hate I hate being dropped yeah, into I things and being like, okay, figure it out. But in this, it's like like the first thing you do is you're trying to get your character to walk. And you can tell she's struggling. She's upset. She's having a hard time moving. You know, she's depressed. It, it's yeah, you kind of go through this emotional journey with her in a way through the difficulty of actually controlling her, which is really interesting. Uh, but I, I definitely recommend it. I said I got it for, I think, $10. Definitely get it if it goes on that price, goes down to that price again. Yeah. And then and then besides that, I played a little Pokemon Go, as I said, and bought some some clothes. Um, one of my students is doing a project and it's themed on Pokemon Go. She's kind of like, going around the campus and logging every single Pokemon she gets, how many she gets, what the region is, like all this like data she's like gathering of just the campus. And then she's making a map for all these different locations for <laughs> all these different Pokemon. And it's just, and because of it, I, I logged in because I wanted to see what Pokemon I got at the school. And of course I got like a magnetite mm. or whatever, stupid. I don't like them, but I, I haven't, logged in or played in a while so it was it was nice to check it out again good we all got to play a little bit of something we did it we finished a podcast together well thanks everyone for tuning in to this week's nintendo dispatch you can find us everywhere on the internet at dispatch podcast on twitter or at just nintendo dispatch.com where you'll find not only all the latest podcasts but also awesome reviews of accessories and games We've been dropping reviews like it's hot every single week over there. So definitely go check it out. NintendoDispatch.com. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Christina. And until next time, this has been your Nintendo Dispatch.